Cal- Calvin, what's uh, what's been your summer playlist? What's something you've been listening to this summer? Something I've been listening to this summer, well, as in the last two weeks, have has been uh, that hilarious um, Death Cab for Cutie album from 05 that you and I were listening to in the RV. And yeah? I just got that back, and I've just been like playing it every night while I'm making dinner. It's so good. That is an amazing album. I remember we were listening to that. It was kind of like, whoa. Every track was unreal. That's as I'm scrolling through an iPod and I see that band come up, I would never select Never. It. Never. never. I'm always looking for something different. But, but when we that were came so on, shy on content for our road trip that I, we had to, and I'm so glad we did. I had plugged in my phone and was, you know, uh, syncing up new music. I unplugged it prematurely and no music was on it. <laughs> um, one, one thing I've been listening to this summer is New Reliant K. Also kind of one of those throwbacks. I heard, yes, go go into that a little bit a little bit more, Jer. Because I you play uh, a couple of songs and they're pretty good, but I've never really liked uh them. I mean there's not really much to go go into. Listen to it and love it. Okay. That's it. Fine. Fine. What else have you been listening to? Norma Jean Polar Similar. New album from Norma Jean, old guy. Have you heard this yet? New music, have you heard just this? like Relic Hey. No, I haven't. I need to. Oh, so tasty. Well, do I need to? You absolutely need to. Bam. So good. There were our summer recommendations. Norma Jean, Reliant K, and a little bit of throwback Death Cab for Cutie. All right, after a few weeks away, just to enjoy the beautiful, beautiful weather here in Ontario, Ontario summer, in the Ontario summer, we are back. My name is Jeremy. My name is Calvin. I never thought we'd be here again. You didn't? I just, I was getting nervous for a while, man. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Starting to freak freak out a bit. Starting to freak out. Calvin was texting me every day saying, I got a podcast. I got a podcast. Can we record? I've got material in my head. (laughs) Got to get it out. Uh, But we are back and we had a really nice summer. I had an awesome trip to Iceland. We had a couple of other parties and bachelor parties and Calvin just worked his cute little tushy off. But you know what, man? What? I've been training all summer to run uh, the Ironman. Have you been? Or to do the Ironman rather. And, uh... Got to give you a little update. All right. Forgot all about it. Forgot to train. <laughs> so now oh. I'm in this, you know, uh, kind of a weird spot. I, I can't quite tell if you're serious because this is A, something you would do, or it's B, a hilarious thing you would make up. Something so that I, I would know. sign up for? Yeah. Yeah. Depends on how much they want down, I guess. So you're not doing that? I'm not doing the Iron Man. But, bailed on it. But thinking of uh, bringing up that topic of fitness, I'm starting a new adventure in the, uh, the 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 cult fitness world. I noticed you're wearing a muscle shirt for which you should have nothing to do with. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Right now, I have no muscles, so I got to take the before pick. We agree on um, that. September is a new month for Jer. My wife's been doing CrossFit for the past year, and I am finally going to join her. <sighs> like. Okay. The new adventure of physical fitness. It's one I I've know. Ne- it's one I have never ever been on. No. Never. So, I think I'm uh I think I'm excited. I did the uh fundamentals course with her last year and it was quite oh. enjoyable. Oh, I remember that. So, so okay, like, I've me- done six courses. What's their what's their motto? Like what what makes them different? Uh um, Why do, would I go there and why would I not just get, you know, the uh, gym membership with the smoothie bar, the steam yes. baths. So a couple things that are different. The open front showers. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice, steam baths, smoothies. Uh, here's one thing. You go in and you leave basically within an hour. Okay, so in an hour. In an hour. And, and, and there's small class sizes and there's a coach. So instead of going to the gym alone, doing all your workouts alone, you have people around you who are pushing you. You have a coach who's coaching you and teaching you and giving you personal attention and so there's this kind of sense of camaraderie there's a little bit of uh a little bit of um additional coaching to uh 
you know, the, the coaches start to get to know you and they get to know your body okay. and help okay. you with your body. Another th- thing that's nice is like you're in and out of there within an hour. You do a bit of a warm up. You do like some of the lifts, the the, the weight lifts for the day, so you know what's going to happen. Yes. Then you do a really intense period of physical activity called the workout of the day or uh-huh. the wad. The wad. Oh. You do the wad. Get your wad then, on. And then you do like a little bit of stretching and you leave. All right. So it's kind of high energy quick blasts and then you're out of there versus going to the gym dragging yourself out self-motivating self-motivated which yeah. we all know well that sounds cool jer and I'll there's sp- a there's I'll another you in there, this there's do you guys open. all as a household have to go and do it together is that how it works so you guys kind of all daisy chained together now no just katie and i are daisy chained together okay we're on the couple's plan so we get a bit of a discount hey couple's plan but calvin here's an old parable uh, yeah you might have heard it before tell me Probably. Where your money is, your heart will be also. Or it something, goes something like that. Yeah, okay. And here's the thing. I'm into that. Where you spend your money kind of shows what you value. So, you know, yeah. if I'm going to spend a little bit of money on this uh, this whole CrossFit thing, I'm going to yeah. spend more time doing it because I actually value the, the dollars. So if I'm going to shell them out, I'm going to want to do something about it. So since I've never shelled out the dollars for myself to do something like this, I've never really been motivated to. You but know, I, money uh, has this weird power to draw us to things, you know? I agree with you on that. And I've always struggled with that. I mean, when getting into something, um, do I just like buy... I have to get an example. Let's say I... Okay. About five years ago, I started playing guitar. Yeah. And I had this weird thing like starting to play guitar. I'm using my dad's guitar and I'm wanting to get my own, do I buy a really cheapo guitar or yeah. do I just go all out once and buy an heirloom quality guitar that right. I'm going to have forever and it's going to be a better product? And I always, I've always struggled with that. You know, Do I just go all out right away? And that kind of forces me in a whole other dynamic to get more and more into the sport or hobby or whatever it is? Yeah. Or do you kind of eke your way into it and then keep upgrading and then try and do something with the old thing? So I think that's good advice when you're starting a new adventure or a new hobby. Yeah. Uh, so what did you choose to do? Did you go the cheap way or did you go the expensive way? Well, I I, I think I went middle of the road actually. I think I okay. paid f- f- three. I think I paid four hundred dollars for my guitar, which is yeah, pretty cheap. That's pretty middle of the road. Yeah. Probably maybe even lower middle. Maybe I feel like seven hundred dollars is like a pretty good guitar, like a pretty decent guitar. Yeah. But anyways, I think that's fair advice when you're trying out a new hobby because if you buy a really crappy guitar and ha, I have an example I actually bought a really terrible bass many many years ago oh, yeah. never got into it but if you buy something too amazing and you suck at it then that's kind of a buzzkill I know that, that looks terrible you have to practice in secret and then just emerge yeah. a champion yeah here's but the thing I, th- I was thinking about Jer go ahead unrelated but it was it's going back to the sports thing how far do you think you could get as one of these Olympic coaches for a random sport. I just was looking at it, and I'm, I feel like, man, I can give that advice. I can be more motivating than that guy is for pole vaulting. I disagree. Elaborate. Here's why. Um, I was watching the Olympics this past mm-hmm. summer, and I was just shocked and amazed at how many sports there were that make no sense. Like yes. shot put, literally. Who throws a big metal ball? Like, what's the point of that? These eight guys in the world do. Well, see, that's what I was, what I was, you know, thinking about because there are people who have quite literally mastered that craft. Yes. In the same way that jewelers master their craft or watchmakers master theirs. So mm-hmm. even though these are like tiny fringe sports, the people who are in them actually have a lot of expertise. Oh, I, so I agree. so I don't think that I would be able to be a coach for any of these obscure things but right. but I don't think it would be too difficult to learn the basics and then you know I guess I'm part of my line of work is in coaching and much of coaching is about relationships and about interpersonal skill building and mm-hmm. encouragement and mm-hmm. helping people reach their potential so I you know what maybe I go back a little bit and say yeah you know you can learn the necessary coaching skills to make other people really great and I mean, I'm not saying you got to do this for stuff your can career, come along the way. Sure. But I'm just trying to think, like, how far could you get until somebody starts to, you know, until you start to show a bit? You get called out on some things you're saying. Yeah, I don't Why know. Why don't you try spinning the other way? <laughs> um, a true example of uh, 
expertise is the decathlon. Oh my god! Where they do that, it, that's unbelievable. It's insane. Ten different events. Yeah, it's kind of like the CrossFit Games, actually. CrossFit Games, that's a thing. Yeah, CrossFit Games is a big event where they is do that, like the lumberjack games. Kind of, yeah. They basically do ten or something workouts. Ten of these workout of the days of diff- different, mm-hmm. you know, different ones. Winner of uh, most points at the end of ten wins. But yeah, the, definitely different because I think it's more challenging with the different sports. But yeah, that's wild. Sports, yeah. Sports, the adventure sports. of sports. I was hoping to do a lot of biking this summer, and, and uh, so what did I do? I have this uh, very the most ultimate normal bike and it has like pretty smooth tires on it. So I gave it to this guy that I know that works on bikes yeah. to put on some more like, um, uh, heavy duty tires for like gravel roads. Yeah. And, uh, this was in May. Have not got the bike back. What? Did you bug him in June? I haven't bugged him. Did you bug him in July? Did you bug him in August? I bugged him one time, and then I thought about it. Like I was thinking about, I just keep forgetting about it. It's out of sight, out of mind. And then I thought back on, I was like, ah, you know what? Where the heck's my bike? Give it to that guy. And then I thought, no, you know what? There, today is one day. I have one hour this afternoon, and then there was a little bit of time the other day where I actually was like, ah, I'm gonna go for a bike ride, and then right. realized I didn't have my bike. You know what? That what what kind of guy do you want to be, Calvin? Do you want to be the kind of guy where someone gives you something and you got to be bugged about it, or do you want to be the guy who gets stuff done? Dude, you are speaking my language. This is what I deal with every day. I know. It's just, it's a small thing, though, because I know. to get stuff done for others, I mean, I don't know if you paid this guy or anything, but no, nope. it takes a conscious effort to put yourself second. You're right. And especially, mm. yeah, you're right. The first problem was that I didn't pay him anything. He had no mo- no motivation other than being my friend. Comes and back he was to a money. new friend. Which sometimes uh, you work harder for new friends, right? Yeah, trying to make a good impression. I usually right. do. I usually do. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting uh, to break that all down. Yeah. my. You know what? When I started working here um, in the, I'll say, contractor role, the contractors in Muskoka have like this horrible reputation of being unreliable yeah. and flaky. And my very first goal was to not be that, like just to break that stereotype and i've done a fairly good job of it but uh two weeks ago i felt myself i i forgot completely about something that i told someone i would do and i just like felt like the biggest loser for this client yeah it really got me down so then i just persevered and then uh strove forward with excellence to uh win them back and i won them back good for you yeah i think i think i'm not not afraid to admit the failure yeah, what you did just there, admitting that failure, is a huge step, and people have a lot of respect for that, and people are going to know if you're a grinder or if you're not. So pretty quickly, you know, when people deal with you, I'm sure they can tell, all right, this guy, he knows what he's doing, at least for the most part, and he'll work pretty hard for me. Yeah, so what else is new? Well, you know, there's actually a bunch of stuff that's new because we kind of have a backlog of summer stories. Uh, we Man, just, do we ever. just came off of Tyrone's bachelor party. We oh. had our amazing spontaneous trip um, trip to basically Elmira, um, that, that awesome little mini adventure we had. Oh, but I, the but wine I think, tasting in upstate New York? <laughs> <laughs> Don't give too much away. I think we should kind of release these stories over the month of September. Yes. But uh, for now, I think it would be nice to kind of sit back, relax, and... Have a conversation with someone about the best way to A, start a day and kind of, you know, the the connection is a nice way to start this next season of the podcast. I agree. I agree. Jerry, what's your morning routine, man? Um, morning routine is wake. It's gonna about to change, you know, pretty soon because of I this know. whole CrossFit thing. Oh, this is in the mornings? Oh, yeah, buddy. 6 a.m. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. But like, what's your normal routine as of now? I have a terrible routine. I wake up, I shower, I go down, I make coffee, I brush my teeth, I put stuff in my hair, I put on deodorant, and I get out the door with a banana. Oh, wow. So no brekkie. So the only thing that I do is the only thing good good part of my morning routine right now is something that our next guest is going to tell us a little bit about. Yep. Uh, Coming up right now, my friends, we have Kinsley Coons, an old friend of Calvin's. Cappuccino extraordinaire. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, Kinsley uh, is going to share some interesting stories with us all about debunking this world of exquisite coffee. It's really easy to call some of the new people in our world these coffee snobs or coffee hipsters. But, but that's just ignorant. It is just ignorant because just like we were talking about people who are amazing at their craft, whether it be coaching shop put or building right. jewelry, the whole world of coffee is very complex and very interesting and very culturally relevant right now. So we dive in with uh, Kinsley. We dive into the coffee conversation. There, After this listening to this there is no reason not to understand the investments that people make into this craft which i think is important here we go this is kinsley coons oh kinsley are, are your dogs barking just pounding the pavement back from a day at work back from an old day at work pretty tired but ready day on the grind or are your eyes tired from modeling um well you know all of me is tired it takes a lot retail work is a lot of work tell us more about this eye modeling career that sounds really interesting yeah well i work at a, a store where i sell glasses and i have to wear glasses and right oftentimes people look at the glasses on my face and they're like can mm -hmm. i can i get those mm -hmm. and i say off your face and i say well uh sure does that flatter you or are you like, dang, now someone else in the world has the same look as me? You know, it, it makes me feel pretty good, honestly. Yeah? Yeah. It must get pretty risky when you get uh, close to the register, though, without your glasses. Could yeah. go either way for the customer. <laughs> yeah, pretty risky. But, you know, I have several. I have about seven different pairs of glasses. Come on. It's disgusting. Yeah, I know. But, you that know. That seems to be the trend of every uh, baby boomer. And they get them from the dollar store. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have one in every everywhere. <laughs> every room. Yeah. So Does I. Does everyone's yeah. parents do that? Yeah, I really relate to that. I have a feeling yours aren't dollar store glasses, though. Eh? No, a bit, a bit more expensive. Um, right. But I, you know, glasses are really personal because they're on your face, and I am in different moods every day. So why would I? Why would I only let myself right. have one pair? So what kind of shop is this? Is like is this like a Hakeem Optical? You know, Warby Parker is a really interesting company. It started about six years ago, um, and it like started by all these like cool young people, and they started. So do you have a Hakeem Optical there? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Do you do you even know what that is? No, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> it's just Hakeem this, like... Optical. Your eyes can have it all at Hakeem Optical. <laughs> oh, that is. is... That would get me in the door, that's for sure. Your eyes can have it all at Hakeem Optical. Wow. Are they going to pay you for that? little ditty. Uh, yeah, they're a new sponsor. Oh, is this the part of the podcast where you talk about the... Yeah, Kinsley, sh this is... Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, actually, we don't have a sponsor. And Kinsley, it's been really nice to chat about your glasses, and I do want to have... Uh, I do want to let you finish talking about your store. But for our listeners who are a little bit confused at the moment... <laughs> You're Kinsley. We're chatting. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about food and drink in just a minute for our ongoing series and that. But I, I am very interested. Tell us a little more about this glasses store that you work at and the guys who started it. Oh, right. So it was started by five kind of young guys uh, who went to business school together. And um, there was this the optical industry is a really interesting one because it's like fairly corrupt. Like usually really? like, like glasses cost about $600 and that is, right. which is bonkers expensive. It's crazy. Um, and Warby Parker glasses only cost $95 with the prescription included. Really? And what? yeah. And so basically like they figured out, like they were like, why are glasses so expensive? And so sort of in their research and investigation, they sort of realized that, um, like all of those upcharges were happening between the designers and the manufacturers. And so they're like, we're going to design and manufacture all of our own frames. Wow. And that's going to cut out hundreds and hundreds of dollars for customers. So it's really? a young, it's a young company that in its like fourth year of business was uh, ranked number one, most innovative company in fast wow. company magazine, which is something I didn't know existed until I started working for them i sound like an ad but it is no, a great this is cool it's a great company it's really interesting um and in just f 
it started strictly as an e-commerce company. So it was all online. I was online. just going to say, is this, is this, it sounds like an all online kind of thing. It is. It started that way. And then within three years, they opened 34 stores. Wow. Um, Come on. Which the first Canadian store just opened actually in Toronto. We should go check it out. How yeah, do you spell Toronto. it? Warby W-A-R-B-Y. Parker. W-A-R-B-Y. Yeah, exactly. I'm on their website right now. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. And you work at which store? The... I work at the Chicago location. So you're in Chicago, the Windy yes. City. The old Windy City. Can you see the bean outside your <laughs> oh, apartment city, window? Windy City. City of love. City of, the... city of angels. Oh, this like, is the Windy what, City. When I came to visit you, how many bean questions did I peg you with? Uh, you were a big fan of the bean. Big fan of the bean. Uh, it's just the classic Chicago thing. It's the a bean. You know, I appreciate it though because I love I love cracking jokes about the bean. So painfully classic. <laughs> so painfully classic, and then once you see it, you never have to do it again. Never ever. Oh. So, uh, Kinsley, have well, you have you heard of the um, the company out of India who's also kind of revolutionizing the optometry industry with I think yeah cheap glasses and laser eye surgeries and basically if you can't pay they still outfit you with uh sunglasses or sorry with glasses oh no way yeah there i watched i watched a really cool thing it was in business school as well where yeah i think your point to the corrupt industry was noticed by these people in india and they started a really really cool company outfitting uh people who couldn't afford uh any sort of uh, eyewear and they basically um yeah. Anyways, really cool business model. I I, I forget hmm. the name of the company, but I'm not surprised to hear that some guys in the states figured out a way to to change the industry. And it also makes sense now why you have seven pairs of glasses because that's yeah. like seven for one. It's it's very very affordable. So yeah. that's very cool. I very was actually yeah I was a big fan. I had glasses from them before I started working for them, and then when hmm. and then I was super thrilled to to start working for them. So. Can I share with you guys very quickly my take on glasses? Yeah. I would love that. Uh, I actually, believe it or not, have glasses, and I choose not to wear them. My theory is that if I wear them, I'll just get used to these things, and my eyes will become worse and worse. So if I try not to wear them, my eyes are then just struggling <laughs> against what the inevitable is, but I just don't ever wear them. Am I doing the right thing? Um, are... <laughs> No, well, no, you're not. The short answer your, is no. Straining your eyes over and over is far worse. They're going to degenerate far quicker than if you wear your glasses. Like <laughs> as we at your your eyes have gotten worse since we started the podcast. Oh, are you staring at your screen right now, Calvin, or do you have your head in a paper bag? I don't know where the screen is. <laughs> okay, it's that's next a good to sign. a window, and I keep going back and forth. <laughs> I don't want to get into this because I imagine it'll be very boring. But I think you should start wearing your glasses, and I'll just leave it at that. But if you want some new frames, let me know. I'll That's hook possible. you up with a well, discount code. Yeah, I mean, the last ones I got are from 01. So. I, it sounds sporty. <laughs> Does that sound for Oxygen 1? And are they, like, really, really sleek? 2001. Oh, 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 01. I mean, oh, like they're from a long time ago. Oh, I, I thought that was the name of the company. 01 is a kind of a cool company. <laughs> if, we're talking about, if we're talking about 2001, that's a great year. Why? Great! It's just a great year. Two thousand one. Great year for Great year for the optical industry. Well, uh. Kinsley, believe it or not, we did not bring you on here to sell us on glasses. We actually brought you on here for an episode on food and drink. Which, Jeremy, how many food and drink episodes do we have currently? Not too one. too many. We one. definitely had one about Maybe a brewery two. and uh, a couple, oh, yeah. couple others along the way. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, coffee. Everyone's doing it these days. <laughs> It is quite popular, and um, it, it 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 came became apparent to us, if I could get my words out, that you worked for what is rated by some as the best coffee shop in the greater Chicago area. Ooh, and maybe now, maybe even the world. Maybe even the world. Yeah, T- I mean. Um, okay, sorry. Go ahead. No. Well, we should probably ask a question. So my question yeah. <laughs> would be. Um, where did you find yourself working as a barista, and what on earth got you fired up about coffee, if if at all? Um, well, my first my first coffee job was in college. There was a um, cafe like on campus 
basically that was very small and had a very tragic espresso machine. And I had a friend that was the manager and she asked me if I wanted a job my sophomore year. And it was I was a Tassimo, like, wasn't it? It was what? It was a Tassimo, wasn't it? No. <laughs> it was like an off-brand horrible. Anyway. Oh, yeah. It was always breaking. Anyway, um, I said yes to the job. The name of the coffee shop was The Jumping Bean. Aww. I love that. Yeah. So, pretty <laughs> cute. Um, and Very basically, cute. as I... Um, I started that job. It was really interesting to start learning about, um, but probably my interest in coffee didn't happen until probably a year or so after working there because um, it wasn't until I started kind of talking to other people who were interested, were were more interested in coffee than I was, even though I was a barista, um, that I really started realizing what it means to produce a drink like coffee and how... Uh, truly like malleable of of a thing it is I mean there's so many different ways to to make coffee and it it truly does affect uh, what things are tasting like um, and and I think that general um, idea of like sort of beginning to develop a palate to start mm-hmm. tasting differences besides like good and bad started to yep. be really interesting to me um but I would say before the actual beverage, it was definitely just like what coffee shops are, which is like a very strange um, like community center, essentially. Like people feel hmm. a weird, comfortable, see it as a weird, comfortable space to invite people to sit down and talk. And, you know, I mean, it's the same kind of understanding as a bar. Like it's not eating a whole meal together, but you can sit down and chat in a space that is surrounded by food and drink, which is mm-hmm. yep. communal environment, which is interesting. So I would say it first started in that. And then as I, as I kept being a barista, I ended up managing that shop my senior year. Um, I got way more interested in the beverage itself. And then when I moved to Chicago I was very interested in, um, working for, for the company that I worked with in Chicago. Hmm. So can, can they um, be named? I think so, yeah. Who were they? A coffee. And yeah, they're a pretty pretty well known coffee coffee shop. So was it pretty right. difficult to for you to get a position there? I mean, is it pretty coveted? Um, it's pretty coveted. I got it through a connection. Um, I had a buddy that was roommates with someone else who had a job there, and I basically needed that connection in order for my resume to get looked at for sure. Mm. Yeah. Also my, my brother actually worked for the company as well out in Los Angeles. They have three shops out in Los Angeles. Um, and so I had that connection, um, through my brother as well, but my brother wasn't interested in coffee really, but one thing that I've only ever realized kind of in the, in recent years is that there is, a skill set involved here because when you go to Starbucks, which I used to think was kind of like a premier coffee shop, I kind of realized, Oh, they're just pressing a button and then holding the cup under there. Right. There, there definitely is. And I think there is more skill than I ever imagined. Um, right. Before working for, for, yeah, absolutely. So they were cool to just take you on, um, completely clueless. Um, well, I wasn't completely clueless <laughs> because. Oh right! Come on, Calvin! Yeah. You're insulting Sorry, our guest. <laughs> she was the manager of a good <clears throat> up thing, dude. Come on. I mean. All right, all right. continue, continue. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it actually is. They treat you like you're clueless almost. So they basically, right. even if you have oh. experience, they kind yeah, of yeah. start you from from ground zero, and you basically start with some pretty intense training. Um, so the way that they have the training set up is they kind of want everyone to learn coffee their way. And so um, the training is split up into six different modules that takes about a year and a half uh, to two years to complete. Wow. Yeah. 
Whoa. So. Do you uh, know the names of the modules offhand? Is it like. Yeah. Like beans 101, roasting 101. Yep. Uh, It's a little different than that. It's extraction, which is. I mean, I don't know. That is that obvious? Do I need to explain what that is? Yeah, like extracting flavors kind of. or ex- I don't even know what that means. So, extraction uh deals specifically with brewed coffee. Okay. Well, well, I mean it deals with espresso too, but that is it has to do with um the extraction of flavor from the bean essentially. It's not extraction of like flavors in coffee like flat flavors right. that you add. It's it's uh, like having a good extraction is like basically making sure the ratios of the recipes are correct and that the timing is correct. Mm-hmm. And so that's a whole module. It's, 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 it's essentially brewing coffee, brewing yep. coffee. Um, there's an espresso module, a milk module. So just essentially steaming milk. Is it called milk or is right. it called dairy? It's called milk. Which, wow, that's that seems not that like milk. Yeah. A little yes. lack lackluster of a title. <laughs> um there is a tea module, so cool. strictly for like extracting tea. And uh brew bar, which is Ooh. basically uh doing pour over brews, but in a it's like speed training for brewing. So how fat oh, really? like how so they would give you for brew bar, it would be like a 30 minute, you would have 30 minutes to brew like nine different coffees and you would have to do it all at once essentially. So right. it was like right. speed techniques. So Kinsley, could you just take a minute here kind of in the middle of this and would you just bust a couple myths that I am just dying to know? Oh, <laughs> I would love to. One that I was always told with coffee is that the water needs to be boiling. True or false? Um, it, it depends, but definitely to brew, uh, you want to, yeah, get it to that nice 210 degrees. So just slightly below. Sorry, 210 degrees. Yeah. You, I mean, you want it boiling, but then when you start pouring, it's going to drop a few degrees anyway. Oh, Jerry, she's talking Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. I have no idea what that means. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, Gesundheit. I'm from Canada, eh? (laughs) So we're I, there's 99. a huge Five. there's a huge culture clash happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is just okay. done. Just kidding. Yeah, sorry. sorry. And then my other question What's up? was maybe maybe it's an old wives' tale, but you know, th- and this is re- referring to making your classic at-home cup of coffee uh, in, in a brewer is to put a pinch of salt on the grinds, and that will take away any bitter taste. Um. Have you ever heard of this? I have, and I would never do that myself. You would never do that? Okay. You'd let yeah, the bean do all the talking? Bitter, yeah, bitterness has to do, uh, that's going to come from uh, what kind of bean it is, and then also if you have a poor extraction. Okay. Uh, but I think you can put, of... up, put as much salt in your coffee as you want, Cal. <laughs> no one's stopping you. Kinsley, one reason we like to talk about food and drink is we do think that there is some adventure wrapped up in it. I think for someone like yourself, when you get really invested in a topic like coffee, you kind of, whatever, experience it from the surface and then you kind of start to dive in. You start to learn a little bit more. um, And you kind of come to a place where all of a sudden you realize, wow, there was a whole lot more to this thing um, than I initially thought. Have you found that that curiosity has served you elsewhere in your life absolutely i think i think specifically uh to coffee i mean and especially with the the people i worked with i mean i worked with some absolute superstars in in like the food and drink world that i was not even close to but i would say the curiosity Mm. is definitely what um drove a lot of my desire to learn more about it. And I would say like the adventure, I mean, curiosity is always tied to adventure, but I would say specifically how it applies to food and drink. I would say as I paid more attention to my palate, paid more attention to how things are tasting differently. I mean, sometimes for palate, sometimes when you're for like different palate training things, you are asked to smell different things or 
uh, taste different things and then ask to describe them using no words that have to do with food or like bizarre things like that, which were sometimes, in my opinion, like a little dumb, but sometimes really interesting to start training your brain to think about food differently and what it means to taste something. And as I started getting better at paying attention to that, everything started to taste differently. You know, I got really interested in beer and how beer was tasting and how different um, that can. And it opens up a really interesting conversation with, you know, I could go to a coffee shop in a town I've never been in and know exactly what questions to ask the barista to show them that I care about the work that they're doing, that like how much they've thought about it. And it opens up a whole conversation of like, here is this like cultural thing we both experience that like the, you know, 90% of the people that walk in the door won't ask you how long it took you to dial in the coffee that morning. But like, I'm going to ask you how much time you spent before you even open the doors, making sure this coffee was delicious, even though 20 people will pour milk and sugar into it and, you know, go on their way and destroy it. But I don't know if that's exactly the question you were asking, but I think that once you're interested in those things, it opens up all sorts of doors to uh, being really excited that when you do travel, the first things I think of are what coffee shops can I go to in the area? What breweries can right. I go to? Who makes the best old fashioned and why is it different than the last old fashioned I had? I mean, it's just really interesting to start. It, it affects the way you travel because it it immediately gives you things to do if you're interested in how things are tasting. Does that answer your right. question? And Coffee, sure. it seems to be like that's a perfect example of something where that works so well because coffee is just it's a simple thing. But like you said, it's going to be everywhere you go. And so it's just going to be, yeah, like an interesting journey to I don't know if you're planning on, you know, ever documenting where you travel to and, and what cup you had and if it was good or not. But it'd be kind of a, a neat thing to um, delve into. Right. Right. Another thing that I think is super interesting about the coffee conversation is um Beans don't really grow in North America. So anytime we bring a cup of a sip of coffee up to our lips, we're kind of experiencing a different part of the world. Right. And increasingly, as you know, people have been caring a little bit more a about where their stuff comes from and B where their coffee comes from. I think it's been interesting to um, I don't know, just learn about sustainable business practices or helping farmers with um giving them fair prices for their beans um as you've kind of you know gone into the world of premier coffee how have you noticed people trying to either change the industry or be more connected to the wider world around us right um it's it's really interesting you know um a lot the third wave coffee world gets a lot of flack for how expensive coffee is is that what like, it's called? Third wave? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's first and second? Um, it's, I'm trying to think of the best way to. Keurig, Nabob, third wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keurig is not a wave <laughs> of anything. <laughs> um, I, third wave coffee would be definitely uh, places that are opening that are, it's high quality, like art, like artisanal food yep. rather than like a commodity okay. like yep. it's not ha- yep. largely commodifying the coffee so a, a cup of black coffee is going to be like 450 instead of 150 which right um because we sort of trained the consumers to think that coffee was this extremely cheap thing it, mm. it it made a really hard move in order to people for people to start paying farmers correctly right you know to have solid relationships with coffee farmers and to also put the the effort into making the coffee taste excellent because in order for a cup of coffee to taste excellent it starts from the beginning you know it starts from the way that it is grown the way it's dried the way that it's picked you know what kind of plant it is essentially the way it's being taken care of if it's hand picked or picked by a machine all of these different things play into how the bean is going to taste and so when you have such high quality, if you have such high demands as a company, you have to make sure you're treating the people that are farming and growing the coffee up to those standards as well. Yeah. You know, if you're going to demand more work, you're going to have to meet that. And, you know, the company I worked for did an excellent job of doing what they called a direct trade model, which is um, has more it's it's even stricter um, 
uh, rules than like a fair trade, essentially. Like there's even stricter oh, wow. um, requi- really? requirements for, for and, and like I said, it's because we, there was a definitely like demand for the way to grow beans. But you know, there's a lot of excellent coffee companies that are, have really excellent relationships with farmers, you know, that are providing farmers like this very livable lifestyle, you know, instead of, you know, Mm. Folgers, for example, but, but there's a lot of great uh, coffee documentaries out there that really show there, the, the most, the most excellent one I've seen is called caffeinated. It came out last year. Um, and that really does a great job of sort of showing what it's like when, uh, there's a good relationship with, with the farming country, with the farming people. There's specific uh, crops we would have every year where we would be working with the same family. So we could trace it back mm. to the exact family we are working with that have provided this certain bean for us for the past, you know, 20 years. So it was, it was neat to watch, watch that. But that would be the, the documentary Caffeinated. That's the best one I've seen about it. Um, what, what would it take from a barista to... Um, turn over uh, someone to a $450 cup of coffee that isn't normally doing that? Like what are some of the, what does that person need to do? What do they need to want? Well, it's, it's, that's a tricky question. That's a great question. That's a tricky tricky. question. I'm trying to just stump you. I mean, I think that, I I guess it's, what do you want out of the experience? You know, if you want to, if you want to wake up, then like, I would just be like, Hey, just have a shot of espresso. You know, I would say a cup of coffee is far more about the experience and experience is a much harder thing to get people to want than, um, a, right. in the, especially in the to go, I'm very late for everything world in coffee. Exactly. Right. Right. Those people aren't looking for an experience. Exactly. So it's, it, you think it's a big challenge to get the person who's drinking the dollar fifty Tim Hortons or Duncan to really start to care about the next level. Right, because they've never considered coffee as a specialty beverage before. It it's a it's a beverage that gets the job done in in this like right. I need to wake up and here's this thing called caffeine that I need. And when for example, you know, people don't go to, you know, independent breweries to get drunk. Like they go to taste right. the beer right. for the experience. Yeah. And so I think that that is like yep. It's it's the way that coffee was introduced to the market, you know, that here's this very to-go and quick thing that you need before you start your day instead right. of, like, here's this thing to slowly sip and think about. Mm-hmm. And so do you guys think from, like, is the market that you're or that you were involved with, are they kind of trying to change that and make it into, like, an everyday um, one or two-time-a-day beverage? Or is it, do you want to keep it kind of... Uh, a bit more sacred, like a like a fine wine, where you, you only have this occasionally, and uh, and you really appreciate it more because of that. I would say the thing that surprised me the most is as I started drinking more coffee and learning more about coffee, the amount of coffee I drank decreased severely, but not by how many right. cups a day. It was instead of having like a sixteen ounce huge coffee. I would have like mm, a four ounce right. cup of coffee or an eight ounce cup of coffee because hmm, I wanted to right. taste it and I wanted to experience it. And of course, mm-hmm. like the caffeine was excellent. But um, but I think that that is the biggest thing is like making drinking 16 ounces of a really nice coffee is like silly. That's just a lot of coffee and you don't. And that's just <laughs> yes. like so much. So I would say like the people, I noticed that the trend that the people that were very interested in coffee had very small amounts of it in a day instead Mm. of, Mm. they might have two or three cups, but they would be small. You know, they wouldn't be these huge 24 ounce, like venti mega, you know, drinks, because that is more about having a lot of something instead of actually tasting it. If that makes sense. Does that, is that yeah, Does that's that really interesting. That makes total sense. Calvin, yeah. you got to okay. tell Kinsley about the amazing cup of joe we got at that little service station on the way down to Florida. <laughs> what was that place called? I have no idea. Everything um, you just said sounds oh, pretty called, promising. <laughs> <laughs> it was called American Pride. And that's why we had to stop there. Yeah. Oh, and, of course. And it. this coffee oh, that's was, disgusting. I think it was called Bulletproof, and it was twice the caffeine. <laughs> what does that even mean? That, like, doesn't even make sense. 
It's these trucker stops that we've become very familiar with, and they have all these hysterical, <laughs> crazy coffees that are maybe coffee, maybe Tar. a hot, dark liquid. And, and I, actually, I think it was called nitro juice or something like that. <laughs> and Calvin filled up this massive cup to get him through the night. <laughs> it's exactly what you just described. Calvin did times 10. <laughs> oh, On the road. <laughs> No, I know. It's on the road. <laughs> Guys, I have a really... Double the caffeine, double the trouble. <laughs> As I was listening to that last little part there, I had kind of an interesting epiphany. And let's see if this analogy works. Um, adventure is kind of analogous to coffee in the way we live our everyday life. It's easy just to... Like, if we think about this podcast, finding adventure in your everyday, it's really right. easy to live a day with no adventure or kind of... a. a a bad adventure but this podcast is all about exploring those little ways those little nuggets where we can inject some adventure into our everyday not like just slugging back that nasty old big cup of coffee but what are those little beautiful moments those great sips of coffee that we can add to our everyday i was kind of like the Whoa. word you're looking for is intense intense beautiful smooth cups of joe we can add to our day you know yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I, I'm with you. I, I'm I. I buy that completely. Another thing I've been thinking about as we've been talking is: here's a question for us all. Why does it seem as though humans love to gather around some sort of drug or a vice? Like, think about coffee; it's got mm. caffeine. Think about a bar; that's alcohol. All of the places where humans like to socialize, it always seems like there's a drug involved. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, yeah, I would I, way I, rather I, I hang out with Calvin over a beer than over just a glass of ice water. Well, sure. <laughs> wouldn't we so all? Why, so why is that, though? Yeah, like, wouldn't we but all? Why but why is that? Is that? Maybe, maybe because it, it's the forbidden fruit. We can't have that during our normal course of business. But then afterwards, we get, uh, we get this, I don't know, th- this treat. And it goes along so well with our social lives that we, we like to just, you know, have both. I also think that like things like that sort of just like begin a conversation in this sort of common ground way. And maybe it's more so with like alcoholic beverages than with coffee. But it's like here's this thing that we're both participating in together. So that automatically like begins the conversation in a more comfortable, dare I say it, safe like way. Like sure. we are both like consuming this thing together and like – Right. So, like, here's a common ground. And I think there is something different about, uh, you know, beverages like wine and beer and coffee, especially if you're with someone that is interested in those things because you can talk about it. And, you know, there is definitely being interested in the coffee world. You can't talk about it with everyone because, you know, people have it. If you're people interest- like us have no freaking clue. Yeah, but then <laughs> people, people, no, I think that pe- I'm more saying that like people think that your interest in it means that you're pretentious about it when in reality, it's just something you're, you just can sort of talk about a lot, but you don't need everyone else to talk about it a lot. Right. I don't right. know. That felt very inarticulate, think, but yeah, I, no, that I makes good sense. I think it's completely going the way of uh, fine wine and alcohols. Like it, it, it will be there. We're not there yet with it. Uh, for sure, but I think more and more people are getting on board and understanding um, why this is something to talk about and why um, there are so many, um, well, such a wide variety of one thing, like wine and whatever, whiskey or something like that. Right. Yeah, and I think all of this even is another reason why we enjoy talking about food and drink and the way it relates to adventure, because... A, adventures are fueled, like we're all fueled by food and drink, obviously. But yeah, there's this interesting interplay between life and friendships and sharing food together that I think is so central to the human experience that if you dive into the depth and complexity of it, there's a lot of really interesting, um, yeah, there's just a lot of really interesting things there. That being said, Kinsley, I am positive that you have had your fair share of pretentious people coming into that shop absolutely what do you have to say to them here is say to those people i think i will illustrate it by telling a story instead yes please (laughs) Please yes please Please we love stories um 
there was this one time where a gentleman came in and was very much, you know, started the conversation like, oh, I'm very, I'm into third wave coffee. I love, you know, African coffees the most. Do you have anything floral and perfumey and blah, 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 which are all words I've used and, and used in earnest. And so I wanted to, you know, meet him where he was at. You know, and I was in the service industry, so customers always write, yes, sir, I would love to serve you whatever you want. But then he just kind of continued to be this just undeniably pretentious person to the point where he was trying to prove to me that I was not good at my job, which, you know, oh. in an in a moment of uh, frustration, we were talking about two different coffees, and I, I, I had this idea to have this small little moment of a thought experiment in my head. I wanted to try something. <laughs> so I gave him a coffee to taste cause he didn't know which one he wanted. So I gave him a coffee to taste and, um, he was like, Oh, here's what I like about it. Here's what I don't. Can I try another one? And so while he wasn't looking, I poured the same coffee into the cup. Yes. Yes. The same kind of coffee. And he tasted it and just was like, Oh, this is perfect. I love it. And I was I, like, all right. I love that. Bingo. So that's what I say to them is yep. don't be silly. It's it's wonderful to talk it, about. It's interesting, but it's not the most important thing in the world. It's the small victories with these people. <laughs> so that made me feel so happy. I kept it in my heart. And <laughs> Until this moment. made me feel so did. warm forever. I think that's good advice. Don't be silly. People, don't be silly. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that I've... I've I found nice the people, my friends who are really interested in coffee. It really has been me who's had to spark the conversation with them. Like you kind of can tell either, you know, they maybe it's something subtle about them that says, Oh, this person might be into coffee. And then when you ask them about it, they're, they're actually really genuine and kind of open to sharing, you know, whatever their perspective might be. Right. So right. I've had, I've had good experiences with the quote, you know, coffee, uh, connoisseurs that, might be stereotyped. But. Right. And I, mm. I guess I'll say, I guess I'll say too, is like what initially, what initially drew me to sort of that world, which is granted, I don't know if I've said this already, but I'm not in that world anymore. But what initially uh, drew me to it was the community, which I mentioned already. And so the yeah. second, mm. the second that it starts to go too far the other direction and nobody feels like they can talk to you about it or ask you questions or like, uh, you know, the second it starts building up walls again on the other end of it, because you're too, you refuse to talk about it with anyone who doesn't know anything about it. Well, I think that that's doing just as much harm as not thinking about what you're consuming so far on the other end. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, that does. So, um, Kinsley, just, I'm going to jump in here. We always ask, and, and I just thought of this, we always ask our, uh, interviewees uh, for just a little a practical tip just someone just something for our, our listeners to take home with them and so i would just request what is one way that someone can Im improve their at-home coffee experience Ooh, good tip very very simply though i maybe i'll just remove the salt get the salt out of there i would say <laughs> that i would say the biggest thing you could do is to make sure that you are grinding your coffee fresh. Grind it at home. Grind it at home and grind it only in the doses that you need and grind it right before you brew it. Don't grind it all at like, once. I don't know if you heard this recent episode, but I talked to Jeremy about an uh, amazing thing that I've been doing at the grocery store now is that I will cut open the bag of beans right in the oh, no. aisle and, oh, no. and dump it into the uh, grinder that they have in store yeah. for free. And then I just seal the bag back up. No one's the wiser. And then he sticks it in the it. freezer. Yeah. <laughs> I do not stick it in the freezer. So it sounds to me like my number one piece of advice is to not do that. That would, that's not as bad, eh? Because yeah. here's what's going to happen, Calvin. Because here's what's going to happen. When you listen to Kinsley's advice, which I suggest as the host of this podcast, you do. Yes. Um, okay. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. In the morning, you're going to yeah. wake up. You're going to yeah. do your morning stretches. You're going to do your morning yoga, which you always love to do. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your morning cold shower. You're going to check on your bees, obviously doing your routine. Um, yes. Then you're going to come in. And then after all of that rushing around, you're going to slow down. You're going to grind your beans. You're going to remember, why am I grinding my beans? Well, I'm grinding them because I want to have an adventure today. 
And then as that aroma rises through your nostrils, all of a sudden you're going to realize today is the only day that today is going to exist. And you're going to be like, whoa, this is crazy existential moment here in the morning. And then you're going to have a good day. It's going to be an adventure. And then our podcast will have succeeded. Thank you, Kinsley, for the tip. Wow. Amen. Into it. Amen. Well said. Very well uh, said. I already grind Thank my you. bean in the morning. So is there another tip for me, Kinsley, that would do the exact same thing I just described? Um, yes. I Well, this is a small one. But I would make sure that you consistently check when... What, what are the roast dates of the coffee that you buy? When was it roasted? And uh, try to buy as fresh fresh coffee as you can. You know, um, I would say coffee that's has been roasted, you know, more than a month ago is going to start tasting different. Um, hmm. So let's keep it fresh. Keep it fresh, and uh, do you use? How do you make coffee at home, Jeremy? Uh, I will uh, grind the bean. I will put it into a cone filter, and I will do a pour over single cup. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. You're already then, doing it all right. Do you want to ask me? Can and we're, we're living with some other people, and they use uh, a Chemex as well. So we're usually pretty good on the coffee. Now, my, you know, the people we're living with, they will say I'm also a big proponent of the nasty 1984 Mr. Coffee drip coffee maker, and that is a choice that I will stand behind until the day that I die. Sure. Sure. I'd love the coffee maker. No, Kinsley, actually, Jeremy has just got me on to uh, one of these little uh, – 199 plastic things and it's great the cone filter pour over the, the cone oh, thing yeah, got it's it awesome. sure thank you it's for clarifying you clean up yeah it's 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 just uh the more customized you can make a cup so making one cup at a time and uh really timing out how much water you're pouring on to it making sure that it's mm. split split into pulses and not just dumped on there you so know, do you want to keep be... an active pour or do you want to pulse it you want to pulse it for sure yeah yeah, no active pour. No active, eh? Yeah. Interesting. So you, yeah. you kind of pour a little on, let it run down, pour a little on, let it run down. Yeah. How I many have, for one cup? Three times? You know, you know, I use a scale. So I'm I'm seeing how much water I pour on when I pour water on. Okay, but that's a bit much for the morning routine, so You're right. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm or trying do you want to have a mediocre adventure day, Jerry. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, are you satisfied? Okay, well, you know what? Yeah. I think once we start getting too too advanced, we're gonna confuse people. So let's keep yeah, it. Yeah, this is I keep yeah, it fresh and grind your bean the morning of. That way, you're yeah. gonna start your day off with the right adventure. Yep. You know, this is for the guy that is just getting up every day, wondering how he's gonna pay his kids' orphanage bills. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he send his kids to the orphanage in the first place? He's got to have a good brew to think that one over. Kinsley, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. This was really uh, a fun conversation. I think it is uh, an interesting topic to dive into. Obviously, we could have... There's whole podcasts devoted to coffee. So I, know. I feel as though yeah. we just scratched the surface. the surface. We uh, might have well, to have a... You owe me a cup of coffee. Dang it. But I, I would love to do that. I would love to sit over, uh, you know, sit... Uh, what is? What am I trying to say? I'd love sit to with sit me. with you sit over a down. cup of coffee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sounds great. Kinsley Coons. You can find her on Instagram. Very briefly, Kinsley, please just plug your adventure you're having on Facebook these days. Oh, um, I have decided to uh, be an internet humorist. That's what I call it on the internet, on my Facebook specifically, um, in a time of... Uh, confusion and frustration with the medium that is Facebook, not knowing what it was for anymore. Didn't know if it was for political views or, or uh, babies. Um, and just <laughs> trying to find my place in the world. Um, the world I, of Facebook. I have decided to become 100% satirical on Facebook. Yes, and, please. I love um, every second of it. And it has gotten a, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say mixed reviews, but I'm uh, I'm loving it. So... <laughs> Kinsley, what is the appropriate response when someone posts a very sad post? Is it okay to like it, or would they prefer you not to like it? There's new reactions now, Calvin. You've been, you're so far out of the Facebook game. You can put a sad face. No, down. no, I. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, I don't. No, but I, I was mainly referring to Instagram, when you have one action, and that is to like it. Oh, on Instagram. Um, Everyone always wants likes on Instagram posts is my thought, but Kinsley, that's go what ahead. I thought. Like, they're not going to say you know, no to a like. Yeah. If you really feel passionate about it, give it a like and then give it a nice three-word comment. 
little comment say, man, man, it was hard to like this post <laughs> or thinking of you. I mean, they should put a disclaimer. Thinking right? of like, you. you know, smiley. Side note, this was sad. Yes, but I'm totally okay with people liking it. I've also been, yeah. And I've been really into the eye roll emoji lately because people just, <laughs> they just don't know what to do with it. And I love that. And so yeah, that's people, really good. people don't know. Uh, so any, anytime you can throw a good eye roll emoji. I love it. In there. That's great. You're almost wanting me to, to get on Facebook. But I think I'll use our open road account. I'll just start <laughs> I just I'll just start uh, screenshotting all my statuses and texting them to you. That'd be the actually the easiest thing to do because that, that's the only reason I would go on. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks Kinsley and uh we hope you just have a lovely night out in Chicago. Make sure you go over to the Bean and uh, you know, give it a give it a touch the bean. Give it a tap for us. All right. It's good Bye. luck, right? To touch it. Um, it, it's actually the best luck if you can climb to the top and just give it a good smooch. Oh, yeah. But good idea. <laughs> I heard <laughs> only three people do have just, done just that. Just take a selfie in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Kinsley, and uh, hope to chat with you soon. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay. Once again, that was Kinsley Coons, our interview. Ah, I just feel so full of knowledge on things, A, I thought I knew. Yeah. Um, something that, uh, but also just things that I never knew before, and now I do. And I can just use those immediately into my everyday routine, which is so cool. That doesn't happen very often. It really doesn't, you know? Especially not on a podcast where we try to get really practical advice. It just never happens. No. <laughs> it never does. Uh, one thing that I that I thought we should have uh, asked her a little bit more about is why she was so firm on the pulse pour versus the uh, active pour. Pulse it, baby. Pulse it. I, I tried to do a little bit more research on it, and it turns out there's there's definitely different schools of thought. Okay. And there's professional people on either side of the opinion. So maybe uh, you know that's that's a, a debate for another day when we get Kinsley back on the podcast. That would be a lot of fun. No, I've been uh, I've been doing the pulse this week. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we're both doing the pour over now because, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, that is the best part of the morning routine: grinding the bean, letting the water boil, and just slowly making your coffee. The smell rising up through your nostrils. It's it's a real a really nice treat. Jared, I was cursing you the other day, so I've you know uh, I've what? just I've just transferred over from uh. The, our good friend, Mr. Coffee Machine, yeah, uh, into the pour over. And uh, what do I do the other day? I have my kettle on the stove, yeah, and the nozzle facing maybe not an ideal way. Eek. I get myself a terrible steam burn on my forearm. Oh, from this buddy. kettle, just uh, I wouldn't have had this problem with the Mr. Coffee. You see? Sorry, so who, but whose fault was the whole kettle aiming thing, Mr. Morning? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sorry about that. Did you have to go to the hospital like last time you burned yourself? No, I did not go to the hospital. That happened right where you got a hot coal in your eye or that something? That was yeah, that was that was an <laughs> early episode for us. Yeah, man, you really need to chill with, with the hot things. You also left your barbecue on once when I was at your place. What's up with you and the hot stuff? I know. You know what? I do that. I'm really bad at leaving the barbecue on. Cuz wow. I'm always in this panic, you know, like I like food to be hot and I rush it off the grill and leave that barbecue on and drain the tank. Hmm. Well, you know, that's definitely Anyways, not a good way to have adventure. I'm not giving up, Jer. I'm going to keep keep doing it until yeah, I perfect good. the pulse. Yeah, I think you're I think you're well on your way and I think Kinsley and all of the other uh coffee connoisseurs out there would be very proud of you. Good. All right. All right. That just about wraps it up for us at the Open Road Podcast. You can uh, find us online our website openroadpod.com. Check us out on Instagram openroadpod and uh just uh, send us an email. If you have any questions or comments about the show, we'd love to help you out. Calvin yeah. or Jeremy at openroadpod.com. Yeah, we actually got some really great listener mail over the uh, over the summer. So I think it's been next really week, fun to read. Yeah, next week we're going to read some. What do you say cool. over that, uh, That's Calvin? That's fine. Yeah. And uh, again, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, Calvin and I have some great stories backlogged from the summer. So stay tuned for those. We had some spontaneous road trip adventures in the RV. Some, some more good bachelor party uh, stories. So that's all coming your way. Uh, I think that's it, eh? That's it. Let's wrap this up. People awesome. got to go to work. Thanks, guys. And we will hang out with you next week. So this 
the strange thing happened to me at my coffee shop. I mean, people make a lot of weird orders, very specific, very strange things that don't make sense. Um, but this weird phenomenon actually happened to my brother first. Um, working for the same working company? for the same company out in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, yeah. and um, and I didn't believe him when he told me. But but then one day it happened to me. Um, I I was working the cash register and a woman came up to me and said, "I will take a you know vanilla latte to go, and also one baby chino." And I was like, "Oh what? I'm I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, what did you just say? <laughs> I said I have the I have the uh, vanilla latte to go, and what was the second drink?" And she said, a baby Chino. And I was like, oh, uh, yep, uh, yes. Uh, I, uh, what do you, so do you mean a small cappuccino? Just like a really small one? <laughs> and she was like, and she just got so, so frustrated with me that I didn't know what a baby Chino was. And she said that. And she was like, listen, you just, I just really want like you to steam some milk and put it in the cup so I can give it to my baby, but not too hot. <laughs> it's a lukewarm steamed hot. milk. And I said, I uh, am so sorry that I wasn't aware of that drink. <laughs> and then I called out to my coworker who was working on the bar and I said, a vanilla latte to go and a baby Chino to go. <laughs> And I've never felt so foolish. I've never felt so foolish in my life. My coworker looked back at me and said, uh, I have the vanilla latte. What was the second drink? And I said, yeah, Mike, that'll be a baby Chino. And then he said, okay. And then I, I slowly walked over and whispered to him, you have to steam some milk for that baby over there. And, but then you have to call it out as a baby Chino to go. And then he looked at me and I, he said, oh, I hate this job. Oh. <laughs> uh. I love everything about oh. that. That is so, so good. good. I love that you had to call it out twice and then, then yeah. he has to call it out. That is so good. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh. It was a hard a proud day. proud moment right there. Oh, that's so good. Yeah.